1: Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies which you can find at CinematicUniverse.com. I'm your host Joe Cunningham and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Unbreakable and The Incredibles episodes. I'll be giving you my reactions to the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast, so that is Animal Man and The Sentry. Um, you'll notice that our schedule has been um, slightly up in the air for the past week or so. Um, We had three attempts to record our Incredibles episode. Um, Seb got caught on a train, um, and then James had to duck out uh, because his schedule didn't allow it. Uh, And then Seb has moved house and our Wi-Fi died. Um, And we were finally able to record it in kind of two different sittings. So that has been worked on. It's been edited. You're going to get that in a day or two. Um, and it basically meant that this mini was delayed. And in fact, I'm recording this mini-sode for the second time because it took so long uh, with all of the kind of stuff that we were messing around with last week that I was actually able to finish reading a recommendation um, that for reasons I will go into, I wasn't able to finish reading the first time around. Um, so that's all the scheduling stuff. Uh, we'll move on now and take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past couple of weeks. Uh, let's start off with a trio of trailers, um, the one that seems like old news now, and one that I won't talk about too much because we will be discussing it on the main episode, uh, is the new Justice League trailer, the new CGI brimming Justice League trailer. Um, unsurprisingly, I wasn't a huge fan, um, but as I said, Seb and I will go into that in a bit more detail, and at this point it seems churlish to kind of, uh, Pass too much judgement on Justice League given that it's it's really not too long until we're going to see it now and um, who knows what could end up coming out of that film after both Zack Snyder and Joe Sweden worked on it. Um, a trailer that I do want to talk about though is New Mutants um, and I'm sure we'll be discussing this more on the podcast in the future. Um, I don't think James likes it because it doesn't look like an X-Men movie <laughs> which um, it's perhaps unsurprising to you listeners um i thought it looked great um i am all for doing different things within the superhero sphere and a flat out horror movie um it's just what i'm in the mood for especially after having finally watching uh ha- having finally watched split last week uh which uh was uh was probably d- decent timing coming coming off the back of our unbreakable episode um, and it, Anya Taylor-Joy was in that, she's in this, it's, uh, superhero tangential stuff with, uh, horror elements, and I really like the look of this trailer, I like the whole kind of the asylum, haunted house kind of look and feel to it, um, and I did wonder how much of the film we were actually seeing, whether whether all of the action is going to be confined to that kind of asylum setting or if they're doing demon bear whether it's going to be going out into the wild a bit more so um i liked the vibe that it gave off and uh, yeah looking forward to new mutants um and then the third trailer is black panther um so we got our second black panther trailer um it wasn't um as far as i was concerned quite as explosive as the as the first with you know kind of lots of new footage and um kind of getting lots of lots of new looks at Wakanda that we hadn't before. This had a lot of the stuff from before. It had some new elements in there as well. But it just continues to look really really interesting. Um, and I think this is probably going to be an interesting phase for the Marvel Cinematic Universe given that we've got what looks like a flat-out comedy in Thor Ragnarok coming out. Uh, flat panther which looks like nothing that Marvel have ever made before and then they have their Oh God, we hope this is good. Um, Avengers Infinity Wars coming up as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think Black Panther, solid new trailer. Um, I like I like the luck still of Michael B. Jordan. I like the fact that we got to see him talk this time. And uh, it looks like he very definitely has designs on being the Black Panther for himself, given the costume that we see him transform into this time. Which was uh, pretty rad as well. So yeah, Black Panther, New Mutants, Justice League. Lots of new trailers for you to feast your eyes on. It seems like we are gearing back up for an onslaught of marketing for all of the um, comic book movies that are coming up. And I'm expecting, uh, fingers crossed, hoping that we are going to see some Infinity War after Thor Ragnarok has come out. Um, I don't know what the end credits tags are there. I know the film has started screening. Uh, I'd be surprised if there wasn't something Infinity War-ish on the end of that, um, and if we didn't see a trailer for Infinity War between now and Christmas. Uh, we'll move on um, to some director news. Um, it looks like Gore Verbinski is going to be directing Gambit for Fox. Uh, now again, I won't go into this too much because Seb and I did discuss this on um, on the next main podcast, but... Um, but I'm excited. I think Gore Verbinski is a fascinating director. I don't always like his films. Um, for instance, the second and third Paris the Caribbean movies and The Lone Ranger. Um, I think it's fair to say that I'm not a fan of. Um, but I love Mouse Hunt. I love Rango. Um, and uh, I haven't seen um, his latest one yet. The Cure for Wellness, I think. Um, but he's always someone that I'm kind of interested in what they're going to do visually. Because while I don't like those Pirates of the Caribbean films and The Lone Ranger, there are sequences within them and there are visual ideas that Gore Verbinski has and just kind of his style um, is something I'm always attracted to. And it looks like, I think I think we thought it was kind of like something that was in talks. It looks like it now it's happening. Gore Verbinski's in line to direct Gambit and from from the news cycle, it looks like that film is, is gearing up. They're still planning to shoot in New Orleans. Um... Channing Tatum's still attached I think finally, finally I might win my bet that Gambit is going to be made into a movie but who knows, it could all go tits up at any moment Um, over to Sony now and Venom has added um, a couple of new members to the cast I'm not sure if we actually ever talked about this we, we know that Tom Hardy and Riz Ahmed are attached, um, Michelle Williams was cast in the film a couple of weeks ago which is fascinating to me Um, Jenny Slate has been added to the cast this week, um, and Reed Scott, um, who viewers of Veep will know, um, also looks set to join the cast. So this is a movie that's assembling a really interesting cast, um, and I have no idea what that movie's going to be. Um, But based on that cast, I'm going, well, you know, if your script's attracting Michelle Williams and Riz Ahmed, then... I'm hopeful it's pretty good. We'll see. Um, Over to Flashpoint now. Um, Joby Harold um, has handed in his new script for Flashpoint, apparently. So that is moving forward. The Flash movie that has uh, been in development and had directors and has started and stopped over and over again is still continuing. Um, A lot of people were hoping that Phil Lord and Chris Miller um, would be the names that would come back and direct that movie, uh, given that they, I think, had worked on an early draft of the script. Um, That's not going to happen. They've got a new movie lined up, which I think Boris Kitt, um, the uh, reporter said, effectively ruled them out of uh, contention. Um, Amusingly, that film seems to be um, about an adaptation of um, a book from the... uh, A book from the author of The Martian about a space smuggler. Um, And I thought, I hope it's just basically uh, one movie that is essentially a subtweet of Han Solo. Or Solo, as we found out that movie is now going to be called. Uh, So yeah, it won't be Lord and Miller. It sounds like Robert Zemeckis is still in the mix. Um, But I'm assuming, given all their director woes in the past, Flashpoint won't get a full-on director until... Uh, it's a little bit closer to production and they're sure that this is the one this time um, and that's it for this week's comic book movie news so not a huge amount of stuff there but the stuff that there was um, it seems like it's pretty sizable it's not like oh this guest actor is turning up for an episode of Legends of Tomorrow no big big movie news this week um, and so we'll move on now to our discussion of the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast <laughs> I um, will start off with James's recommendation, which was The Sentry. And this comes from Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee. Um, and I was reading this on Marvel Unlimited, where they helpfully have the mini series um, of The Sentry, which is five issues long. Then um, they have some of the kind of like um, tie ins that came out after that fifth, fifth issue. Uh, so there is like. Um, The Thor, uh, sorry, the Thor, uh, the Sentry and Hulk, or the Sentry and uh, the Fantastic Four, or the Sentry and Spider Man, the Sentry and Archangel of the X Men. Uh, No, just Angel. Just Angel, this story, not Archangel. Um, But what they don't have is the conclusion to the story, which is Sentry versus the Void. Um, The Void is kind of like the big villain who hangs over the hangs over this this story um and uh that was very irritating um and so I was like well I'll talk about it on the podcast which I had done previously on my first attempt to record this minisode um and I'll just have to say I didn't get to read century versus the void um but in the meantime I ordered um a hard copy of the collection. It's in fact, it is the Marvel's Mightiest Heroes collection um, from eBay. So, because uh, I, I uh, the spoiler, I really enjoyed this comic, and I thought, well, I wouldn't mind owning a hard copy, and I really want to read this last version. Uh, it's not on Marvel Unlimited. It's not on Comixology. I couldn't find it anywhere. So, this is how I got my hands on it. Um, so, to talk about the century, uh, I, I think. Its first five issues are, you know, that's the essential stuff. the The Century versus Void is a nice capper. It brings the story to a close, and it it kind of shows its hand. It kind of shows the final hand of the entire story in in that in that final issue. Um, but I don't think it's the most interesting stuff. Um, so basically, the first the first five issues, you you kind of introduce this guy called Rob Reynolds, who walks wakes up in the middle of the night and he hears a thunderbolt and he's like, "Oh, something's wrong." He's back, and we don't really know who he is, um, and he starts slowly remembering this kind of life as a superhero called the Century. but he's kind of remembering like it in comic book style. So we're seeing like various stylized images of almost like golden age comics. Um.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers.
1: Different twists on that throughout the first issue. And it's not clear whether this guy is mad. Whether he's imagining all this. um, Whether in fact he has substance abuse problems. And that's what's causing this. Um, But what he becomes increasingly convinced of. Is that he is a superhero called the Sentry. And he has a arch nemesis called the Void. And the vibe of the Sentry is that basically he's almost like he's almost the the light. He's he's the light, and the void is the dark. Um, and the Sentry has watched over us. He's on. He's almost like Earth's first superhero, uh, and he has been protecting us for the, from the void for years and years and years. But for some reason, both he and the void disappeared, and. He goes to Manhattan, and he meets Reed Richards, and he says, Look, I'm a superhero. Uh, don't don't you remember me? And Reed Richards says no. Um, and then Reed Richards kind of, kind of goes off, and he can't shake this feeling that something is wrong. And so he kind of tr- starts investigating Rob Reynolds slash The Century for himself. Um. And I almost don't want to go into too much beyond that because I had just an absolute hoot reading this, trying to figure out what was going on. And throughout most of the comic, it's never like there is one massive reveal where suddenly you're like, oh, okay, so no, no, now that's definitely the case. It feels slightly iterative that there are like little things where you're like, hmm, so maybe there is some truth in that, and maybe that is. But it, it it's almost like um, with every kind of reveal, there is a further question beyond it. So you're still trying to... It feels like with every piece of the puzzle that you put in, it kind of like releases a different part of the puzzle that you didn't know existed until that point. Um, and I, I just thought it was a really fun comic that kind of plays with your expectations, that has... Um, something to say about superheroes and the genre and the history of the genre, um, and benefits immensely from being able to play within the Marvel universe. Um, and yeah, I, I think by the time I got to the fifth issue, I was just completely sold on, on this comic and this character and, um, I thought it was really great, actually, and a nice, a nice recommendation to come off the back of Unbreakable uh, of kind of like a normal guy going, "Wait, do do I have superpowers?" Um, But like I say, this one being able to, this one being a story that could not have been told anywhere but the Marvel Universe, Um, and yeah, I thought it was really, really great. So I won't go into many of the plot details beyond the first part that I did. Uh, but I would say go and read the century. Um The tie-in novels are inessential. I kind of... Uh, the tie-in comics, I, I kind of... I read the Fantastic Four one and um, the Spider-Man one. And I kind of flicked through the others and kind of just glanced to see that there wasn't anything like... Anything that would point towards a major plot point or a reveal in the final issue. Um, and then Century vs. Void uh, is essentially like the sixth issue of the miniseries. That is... It is essential reading, but it is more of a kind of like... Okay, and now we will bring this story to a close and now we will uh, reveal that final piece of the puzzle. So so you can kind of understand what was going on this whole time. Um, And yeah, I really, really liked the century. Um, And uh, it's going to be interesting talking uh, about that in comparison to the next recommendation, which was Animal Man. Um, from Grant Morrison and Chaz Truog, I think, um, which was Seb's recommendation last week, which um, I had an oddly kind of like flipped experience of this. Um, Seb was right. I couldn't just... So this This has been a previous recommendation way back on one of our early podcasts. Um, I read the first volume of Animal Man, which I think was issues one to seven um, and has this amazing issue in there, which is kind of very metatextual, tells a kind of wily coyote story in the background of Animal Man that's dealing with kind of like God and the creator, but also the the means of uh, like almost the the cartoonist as the creator um, with Animal Man kind of existing in the background of that. Um, And that issue blew me away. Um, I couldn't um, not read all the issues in between, so I then read fully through from 7 to the end of the arc, uh, which was 27, or if, if that, that might be right. Basically, I read every issue that I hadn't read, uh, because I didn't want to miss out on the bits in the middle. Um, and yeah, uh, I think th- why I say this was the flip side of the century is that, especially throughout the final arc, I kind of felt like a lot of the issues that were working up towards the final issue and the final reveal were fun and they were interesting because you could like by the time you get to the final reveal and the last issue, you kind of know what Morrison's doing, what he's building towards. Um and there was fun to be had in those issues, but it really wasn't uh anything like the satisfying payoff that the actual final issue was. So the century, I was really enjoying the build up and the and the explanation at the end. I was like, okay, fine, you've wrapped that up in a nice little knot. Um, I enjoyed the process of the story more than the reveal at the end. Uh, here, the final issue is um, incredible, um, and in many ways, it seems like a bit of a cheat. Um, and again, I don't know, I don't know how much I should spoil here, but to to say that it definitely the The build up of this story is basically animal man grappling with the idea that he may be the creation of someone or something else that he might that he may have been created for someone else's entertainment Um, that he uh, isn't in control of his own destiny. Um, And there's some fun kind of like uh, time travel stuff. There's some, some fun stuff that plays with the DC universe and with characters who've been written out of continuity and that kind of thing. Um, but then the final issue kind of brings it all together and Grant Morrison, uh, is able to, through a certain device, essentially lay out everything he wanted to do with Animal Man, um, in very straightforward terms in the final issue, while still playing with the kind of metatextual narrative of the book. Um, and that final issue is, um... It's fascinating, but I also think it it is um, moving at times. And it is a very clever way through taking a comic book character and kind of almost letting him know in some ways that he's a comic book character is an interesting way to deal with kind of, um, I guess... Uh, I guess human mortality and human creation, and um, uh, uh, an existentialism, and uh, it's it, it's uh, it's a comic that prompts you regularly to sit back and, uh, and 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 think about things and and think about your own life um, in while uh he's telling a story about a guy who dresses up in an animal costume and how that might tie into the dc continuity and the crisis and all that kind of stuff um so yeah um two really fantastic recommendations this week two comics that um i would uh, i i can foresee myself revisiting um i definitely want to get my hands on a lovely hardcover of um animal man at some point um if they reprint it, because it is very difficult to get your hands on the proper copy right now. But yeah, um, I really, really loved it. Um, and I think the final issue kind of delivers on everything that Grant Morrison was setting out to achieve. Uh, the The middle issues, kind of the middle arc between the first volume and the third volume um, are fine. Uh, there is stuff that is being played with there that kind of sets up uh, some stuff later on. There are some kind of individual, um, kind of like story of the week things where he's going off, where Animals Man's going off and fighting for like animal rights and stuff. Um, I don't think they're essential. Um, I think you probably could just read the first and the third volume, um, but if you're anything like me, uh, you'll you'll want to get the extra tidbits that are in there. Um, Because I started trying to read the third volume and went, who's this character? Where's he come from? Nope, going to go back to volume two and read through that as well. Uh, So that's what I did. Um, But yeah, the Sentry and Animal Man are both big thumbs up from me this week. And I would recommend uh, anyone tracking them down. uh, Because they're both really great. Really, really great. Um, But that is it for this week's show. Um, Don't forget that the next episode is focusing on The Incredibles. Uh, As I said, we've recorded that already. It's in the process of being edited, and you should have that within the next couple of days. And then there won't necessarily be a big gap between that episode and um, the film that we are covering next, because that is a new release, and um, we are kind of at the mercy of when that film comes out. So we're uh, going to record that as soon as the three of us have all seen the movie. I believe James has seen it already last night. Um, And so... I hate him. Um, but if you are enjoying the show, please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM or your podcast app of choice and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. Uh, you may have seen uh, Seb has recently recorded another one of his um, deep comics dive Patreon exclusives. Um, so if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can listen to that and if you're not, you can back us on Patreon so you can listen to that. Um, and you will have also seen that in our feed last week, a non-Patreon exclusive, uh, James and uh, our frequent guest, Michael Leader uh, got together at the London Film Festival to talk about a couple of films that had screened there, um, Professor Marston and The Wonder Woman, um, and uh, My Friend Dharma, which I've listened to and is really great, and um, I haven't listened to Seb's one yet because I'm not a patron backer myself. I I might have to back my own podcast to be able to listen to that. But I do want to listen because the first one they did of those was excellent. Uh, You can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe at cinematicuniverse.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter at cine underscore verse. Or send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in a couple of days.